0: We're here for Saturday. There are seven games on. We're going to look at those, and we've got some big news on Anthony Simons. Michael Bolton, I'm sure you've got all the breakdown. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am this close to perfecting the water dance. Make me sway. I'm getting real close. I'll show you when it's done. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Dave. Download Dave today at Dave.com/lockedonNBA, and you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we are available on all platforms. Just as I hit record on this, we got some news that we need to talk about. So it's not part of the daily look ahead for Saturday. Um, because we got news about Anthony Simons, who popped up on the injury report as questionable with a thumb injury, and now it's not questionable. He's out. He has a torn thumb ligament, and he will be getting surgery, and he'll be out four to six weeks. This team is going to be horrendous. They not, might not win a single game during this time. They are going to be terrible. Let's get this out of the way straight away. They have no guard depth. We talked about this a lot in the preseason. But behind those three guys, there's nobody. Now there's two. So I would expect that Shaden Sharp... Moves into the starting lineup, plays 32, 33 minutes. Him and Scoot Henderson get a lot more ball handling chances. And obviously, both of those players are must-roster players. The next guy who I was skeptical on is Malcolm Brogdon. He has to play more minutes. They don't have another guy. Now, he could break down at any point as well. But they don't have other guards, really. So, Brogdon's a must-add. If you are in deeper leagues, Skylar Mays was very good last season. He's on a two-way. I could see him even popping into 16 team value. The other guy is Rayan Rupaire, who I think is miles away from being ready. So I think we're going to see Simon, uh, not Simon. We're going to see Scoot. We're going to see Sharp. We're going to see Brogdon, and we're going to see Mays. There's 50 games that Mays can play on that two-way. I think they're going to be the main guys, and Rupaire slips in behind that. Deeper leagues, I look at Mays, Brogdon and Sharp got to add. Obviously, there's more value there to someone like a Jeremy Grant with some more shots. He was putrid in that last game. Maybe we get a few extra minutes out of thigh ball. That just leads to more defensive stats, not necessarily offensive touches. But that is, that is the big breaking news that just happened two minutes ago, which will be about 40 minutes uh, ago when you go and watch this. So there's the news there on Anthony Simons. Four to six-week injury. Just a disaster start if you picked him in the sixth or seventh round, which you should have. I did in in the Lockdown fantasy basketball bowl, and not a great not a great start to have a bloke out that uh, that long that early. Um, speaking of injuries, I did a quick look. Last, last season there was 55 players who played at least 77 games. So, despite what you get told that no one ever plays in games, there were 55 players who played 77 games. Right? There's already seven of those guys who have yet to play a game, and. I think five of them or four of them are out for extended periods. And it was like Tari Eason, Trey Murphy. Um, I can't remember the other names, but there was like a, a big chunk of them. Terrence Mann, guys that didn't miss any time that have already missed games. Now, this is not to say, that, to say anything. It's to say that you can't trust games played from the year before to translate to games played for the year coming. It just doesn't happen. And I've got plenty of statistical data to show you on that. Anyway, separate point. Let's move into the seven games on Saturday because it is actually a pretty key day. We've got a lot of streaming to do. We've got seven games Saturday, six games Sunday. We've got to look into all of that. So let's uh, let's get the daily look ahead cracking for Saturday. And let's take a look at where we sit with some injury news. We know that Devin Booker is going to be out with his foot injury again. We get the MRI results hopefully soon. And then maybe he returns on Tuesday. The difference there in the Suns is going to be whether Beal plays. At the moment, he is questionable. We don't know whether he's going to be ready. I would expect Beal does return before Booker. Um, if they're both out, we love looking at Jordan Goodwin. Um, Eric Gordon next, and Grayson Allen after that. Allen's just not all that strong. Gordon's had good roles, The shots just haven't fallen, and Goodwin can rack up numbers, although his shot was pretty rough as well. A Kogi also gets a big bump. So if you wanted to add a Kogi and Goodwin uh, uh, or even Gordon to stream in, totally, totally reasonable. Josh Richardson is out again for Miami. He's going to miss a couple more games. I don't think it's worth holding him in 12-team leagues. Kyle Lowry surely does better than taking one shot that he did in the last one, but he's not a priority 12-team league guy. We'll see if they give more minutes to Jaime Huckers, who was okay but was coming off an injury and barely played. Um, Drew Smith gets that backup point guard role for deeper formats. I'm listing these three guys as doubtful. Jim Harden, um, we, we don't expect that he's going to join the team on the road trip for their game in Toronto, so I don't think he's going to play. Uh, Jarrett Allen, the assumption was he wouldn't play through the weekend with the bone brews, so I'm labeling it doubtful, but that's not official because they play on Friday. He's already ruled out for that. I don't think he plays Saturday. The duck, Luke canard is ruled out for Friday as well with a concussion. It's unlikely to me that a concussion recovers for Saturday, but I am going to just err on the side of caution and list him doubtful. Santi Aldama is out for Friday, but for Saturday, we don't know where he sits with that at the moment. I'll list him questionable, but I he's probably leaning a little bit more yellow there, a little bit more towards the doubtful, which again helps that value for deeper leagues of David Roddy and the must-roster status of Xavier T. Illman uh, 100% continues there. Some more injury news. Darius Garland, I'm putting him questionable here because he's questionable Friday and I don't have an update on his status. You would think coming off the hamstring injury, he probably sits one of the two games. Tyrese Halliburton popped up on the injury report as questionable with an illness for Friday. Um, I would think that If he does sit Friday, he'll be fine for Saturday. And if he does play Friday, he'll be fine for Saturday as well. But I am just going to list him questionable just in case. If he is out, Nembhard and then McConnell gets back into the rotation and they both become stream options because TJ only needs 25 minutes to be 12-team valuable. Brad Beal, questionable. I think there is a chance that he plays on Saturday, which would negate some of the Akoge, uh Gordon, Goodwin sort of stuff and probably push just a Kogi into more being that 12-team league guy. And then Jaden McDaniels. He was questionable, but they have actually now listed him doubtful. So we're going to see more Kyle Anderson. We're going to see probably Nikhil Alexander-Walker start again, but it's Anderson who gets the bulk of those minutes. And that also helps the Wizard of Noz Nas Reed, to get some more playing time there. So I think Reed and Anderson are 12-team options with those injuries the way that they um the way that they currently stand but like you know, just a real massive bummer to get that news on Anthony Simons unfortunately today's episode is brought to you by Dave finances can be intimidating that's why you need Dave Dave can make managing your money so much easier with interest-free extra cash advance fee-free goal tracking, and easy ways to find a side hustle to make more money. Dave is the banking app that is leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit checks and no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money that you need with no interest and then settle up later. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to make finances easier. So If you're in a pinch, get the help that you need by downloading Dave. Download Dave today at Dave.com slash NBA. That's dave.com slash You can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check and no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash locked on For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical. In particular, the Jace case. There are so many things in the world that can happen. We don't ever want them to happen. Disasters like bushfires, which we saw all the way through Hawaii. We've seen all these tropical storms through Florida, the Gulf Coast, we know these things can happen. Supply chain issues with medications across the world. Earthquakes, landslides, floods, All of these things can lead you in perilous situations and being able to protect your family in a worst case scenario is key. That's what the Jace case does. It provides five life-saving antibiotics for you to have at home, which you get through speaking with doctors through at Jace to get them there when you can't access medical care or a hospital or a doctor. All the medications that you need are out because of some supply chain issue. You've got these at home and you can also customize it to suit the unique medical uh, needs of you and your family go to jasemedical.com, enter the code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order the promo code is locked on at j a s e medical.com okay so let's have a look at some um let's have a look at some streaming options now for saturday things of this will change of course as uh, we get more information through the day but this is where we sit at the moment and my stream of the day For category leagues and points leagues for 12-teamers, I am going to go with Karis Levert. I don't expect Jarrett Allen to play. I think there is some doubt around Darius Garland. And Levert obviously had some struggles last game, right? But we use this as an under 45% rostered on Yahoo to go and grab guys here. So they're going to be available in a big chunk of leagues. Levert will have shooting issues for sure, but he's going to get shots. He's going to get minutes. And he's going to get ball handling chances, which rise if Garland happens to be out. So, he is an option for us in categories and points leagues. For 16 teamers, which I use a cutoff of 10% rostered, Killian Hayes. I fully expect that Hayes starts again. Hayes played 30 minutes in game one. He can get six assists or two or three steals, maybe four rebounds. He might issue poorly, yeah. But how often do you get a starting point guard or starting guard who plays 30 minutes who might get six assists in a waiver war in a 16 team league? Very rarely. And Hayes is available in a lot of spots to be able to provide that for you. So my streams of the day are Karis Levert for uh, category leagues and Karis Levert for points leagues in, in standards. And when we're looking at deeper formats, um, we look at Killian Hayes as a guy that's available in lots and lots of... I'd probably consider Killian a 14-team streamer as well. Let's look at some more position-specific streaming options. At point guard, again, these are all under 50% rostered. So even in a 12, if you are looking for some point guard guys, Killian Hayes is there. Kobe White is shooting guard eligible. He's still available in over 50% of leagues. I know people were discouraged by the fact that he shot 29%. That's cool and all, but he played over 30 minutes. He got the shots. And as I said the other day, I don't expect that he shoots 29%. Like, if I'm going to come out here and tell you that I don't expect Kelly Oubre shoots 82% per game, you also have to believe the same thing, that Kobe White won't shoot that poorly. Now, will Kobe White be 50%? no. Nah. Absolutely not. 43, 44, 45, maybe 45 is pushing it. But I'm going to throw a million things that I say, this is the one thing you need to remember. So I apologize for doing that. But one of the things, the key things when you are assessing single game performances, short-term trends, what are the shooting numbers? Because as you know, and if you are a long-term listener, you know what I'm going to say. Percentages influence so much. If you have a hot week from three, a hot week from the field, you influence two to three categories. If your three-point percentage goes up, you hit 70% of your threes for three games, you score more points, you hit more threes, and your field goal percentage rises, and then you look like you're the best fantasy player in the world. If you tory and Prince it and go like zero or five in game two, where well, your scoring drops, your threes drop, and your field goal percentage drop, and you look like the worst player in the world. Whenever you're assessing someone's fantasy points or their fantasy ranking category leagues, and you just use that as a, as a uh, absolute harbinger, not the right word, um, as a complete like goalpost of where you're viewing that player, don't. Go and look why you got there, how we got there. Oh, you shot 90%? Gonna drop. Shot one of 20 from three over the last three games? Yeah, going to improve. So always bear that in mind. Small forward stream, it's Karis Levert. Power forward is Denny Avdia. A little bit concerned about his minutes in game one and how they utilize him. That whole team, I think, has got real disaster potential, but yeah, they're going to get out tanked by the Blazers. Um, but Avdia's worth a stream, available in over 50% of leagues. And then the Wizard of Noz, Nas Reed, with McDaniels unlikely to play, and the fact that they're giving a lot of minutes to Reed at the four, he is worth it. He wasn't fantastic in game one, but he was enough. He was Kenneth, in fact. Let's look at some deeper league positional streams. Under 20% rostered these guys. Hayes is there again. Levert is there again. Alec Burks. Alec Burks. With um, the absences of Morris and Bogdanovich, Burks closed for the Pistons last game. So that's something to watch. Kevin Love is available. I don't know that Love does what he does or did in game one. And he honestly, maybe Kevin Love um, doesn't play because uh, of back-to-back issues. Because it is a back-to-back. He, he may not play. Be aware of that. But if he is going to play, he's worth a deep league stream. And then at center, Isaiah Hartenstein's available in a lot of leagues. He outplayed Mitch Robinson in game one. Whether he does that again, I don't know. But I firmly believe that there is a chance that Hartenstein turns out a better player than Mitch Robinson this season. There is a chance is what I am saying. I'm not saying that that is guaranteed. I am saying that there is a chance. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It is you against numbers. It's not against someone, a professional with algorithms and a full-time job crunching these lineups. It is you, player projections, and you go, uh, more, or you go, uh, less. That's it for up to six players. And you can run up to 25 times your money back as well. Turn 10 bucks into $250 in under 60 seconds, because that's how quick it is to submit your entries over at PricePix. The withdrawals are quick, the gameplay is easy, and there's an enormous selection of players and stat types over on PricePix. And that's what makes it the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to PricePix.com slash and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PricePix.com slash Locked on NBA. The code is locked on NBA and you get a first deposit match up to 100 dollars dues. So let's let's check what else we're looking at. What are the two-for-ones? What's a two-for-one? Two games, the price of one ad. There's only one team we're looking at here and it is the Philadelphia 76ers who play a back-to-back across Saturday and Sunday. So, the t- only two guys who I think are available, I know that are available in over 50% of leagues, are Kelly Oubre Jr. and Paul Reed. Now, it wasn't very strong for Paul Reed. Obviously, 12 minutes only as Embiid's backup. Does Embiid play the back to back? I think so. Do we get any minutes of Reed playing next to him? I am very doubtful after game one, but there's not much available to do this. Oubre will not be as good as game one, but he is still going to be useful enough to stream in for these two games. Anytime you can get to... Look, he might play 60 minutes combined. He might play 40 minutes combined. But that's enough. That's enough. And he definitely won't be as good as he was. And always the thing to remember with Oubre is he doesn't do huge amounts apart from scoring. So if he didn't shoot 80% and shot 40%, nobody would be jacking him off. Well, actually, maybe they would be jacking him off. They wouldn't be jacking him off, if you know what I mean. As for Oubre, though, like he's got to be worthwhile for that weekend back-to-back. I don't think that... We look at Reed as a long-term hold, but again, if you just want to get two games in and maybe there's a hope that in one of those he gets a couple of extra minutes, it's interesting. Always approach the two-for-ones in terms of combined production. So if he plays 13 minutes in each game, that's 26 minutes which is probably enough for it to make a little bit of sense. But that would depend as well on who else is on your wire. Is there someone else out there who might play 33 minutes on Saturday and then you've still got another waiver ad and you can get another 35-minute guy on Sunday? Then yeah, that's a better option. But if you're down in terms of uh, how many ads you can use or you want to save one of those ads in case an injury situation arises, like Anthony Simons, then getting a two-for-one in there uh, actually makes quite a bit of sense a lot of the time. Let's take a look what is on my radar for these seven games. There is a, quite a few of these games that involve teams on back-to-back. So it's pretty pointless me coming out and telling, well, we're looking for this when we'll get more information from their game on Friday. You'll see all my write-ups on Basketball Monster about that as well. So the Knicks and the Pelicans, the Knicks are on a back-to-back. They are unlikely to sit in one through the back-to-back. The Pelicans... What I want to see is the center rotation because we got limited Larry Nance in game one and a lot more Jonas Valanciunas. And last season, that is not the way they ran things. Now, Nance was coming off some knee problems. So is that the reason? Or are they just committing more to Valanciunas? We probably don't get a definitive answer on that in this game, but it will be something to watch because if Nance pushes and gets 21 in this one, then we know that is the direction they're going. If the 29 Valanciunas comes down to 26, then we get more of an idea that Nance is ramping back up. So we get some information out of it. The next game is the Bulls and the Pistons. Both of these teams play on Friday, so we'll get more information from them there. No one really stands out as a back-to-back rest sort of player um, unless an injury occurs there on Friday. Memphis and Washington, while well, we get more information on Memphis on Friday, again, I don't expect that Aldama plays or Canard plays for the Grizzlies, I think we'll get pretty similar rotations. For the Wizards, it is, for me, about watching Denny Avdia's role. He started, but he only played 20 minutes. Now, if you go and look at the actual game flow of that game, they basically brought all of the bench guys in for the final seven minutes of that game. And the way that Avdia's rotation ran, he's like started the game, he started... Came out at about six minutes. He came back in with about five minutes to go, I believe, in the second half or in the second quarter. Then started the third quarter, came out after five or six minutes, and then never returned because it was a blowout. So there is a possibility he would have played the final six minutes, gotten up to 26 or 27 minutes. If that isn't the case, well, then we do start to panic. Or do they just get their ass kicked again and we just constantly see nine minutes of Eugene Omari to finish games. That is also a huge, huge possibility. Um, Indiana and Cleveland. Cleveland's on the back-to-back, so we're watching Garland status, and we're watching uh, Jared Allen. But for Indiana, I want to see Obi Toppin, who, much like when we're talking about Avdija, he was subject to the blowout risk. Now, he didn't play 20 minutes, but his role was also start, come out midway through the first, come back in midway through the second, and he did that in the first half. And the second half, he started, he came out, and then he never returned because they didn't need him to return. They played six or seven minutes of Jarris Walker to close the game. So Toppen could have ended up, yeah, he was on track for probably 25 minutes. Now, is 25 minutes enough to make Toppen must roster? Probably not. And we'll get a better idea of his role in this game against a better opponent, We'll see how they're running. But I know that they do like Aaron Neesmith, so let's see what they decide to do. If Toppen's only playing 23 minutes in a game that's not a blowout, then it's hard for me to look at him as a 12-team league player. What's on my radar for the next bunch of games? Philadelphia and Toronto, Miami and Minnesota. For Philadelphia-Toronto, it is the Paul Reed situation. Is it strictly? Look, I think that that game against Milwaukee, it was a great opportunity for Reed to play because, A, the Bucks are running two bigs. It's Giannis and it's um, Lopez or Giannis and Portis. They're running two bigs a lot. They're also in a situation where PJ Tucker didn't score and PJ Tucker was in foul trouble, and we still never saw Reed play next to Embiid. And it would be very hard for me to find a scenario that would make more sense for Reed to play at power forward than Tucker being scoreless, Tucker being in foul trouble, going up against a Giannis and Lopez frontcourt. So that's where I go, yeah, I'm very, very concerned about that role, but maybe I'm just completely off on that. And that Nick Nurse saw that as a terrible situation for Reid. That's possible. But he really leaned into playing Ubre, meaning Toby Harris pushed to the fore. So we want to see how that rolls out. For Toronto, it's a back-to-back. The Heat also on a back-to-back. For Minnesota, Kyle Anthony Towns, because he had took a million shots. They didn't go in, but he grabbed double-digit rebounds and had four blocks. It was amazing. Does that continue? Does the usage continue? Does that those defensive stats? Probably not. But that is really a key thing for us to pay attention to. And then the last game of the day is the Jazz and the Suns. The Jazz will get more information on Friday and probably a real clear decision on what we do with Taylor Horton Tucker and Keontae George uh, and even Colin Sexton. For the Suns, I want to see Eric Gordon. I Booker won't play. Beals up in the air. Gordon's played good minutes, both games, and just shot under 40% in both of them. Can he continue that big role if Beal returns? Or is he strictly like a Beal replacement and not really a Booker replacement? That is something we need to watch there as well. I still think Gordon gets a pretty good role and he's able to, um, at some point, generate some better numbers uh, through better shooting. And that is the end of the Daily Look Ahead. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, you know what to do. You thumb it up, you subscribe, you ring the bell. And just leave comments. Just leave lots of them. Drop them all down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.